This is Points North, a podcast about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Great Lakes. I'm Dan Wanshura. When I was 11, I got my first turtle. It was a small painted turtle, about four inches long. My cousin caught it for me in one of Minnesota's 10,000 lakes. She brought it to a family gathering at my grandparents' house in an empty ice cream bucket. I was super excited. My mom, Donna Wanshura, was not, though. What I probably wasn't happy about was that you, you know, ask someone to get you a turtle without asking us. My turtle-keeping career was not off to a great start. But lucky for me, I come from a long line of turtle-keeping royalty. I've just always been kind of fascinated by turtles. That's my dad, Mike Wanshura. He used to catch turtles himself back in the day and put them in a kiddie pool in his backyard. So after some convincing, my parents let me keep the turtle and I brought it back to our suburban Minnesota home. I named it Myrtle. Myrtle the turtle. A couple years later, my family took our annual trip to Florida. Besides the beach, one of the places we'd go is the local flea market. One gigantic yard sale, infused with the smell of boiled peanuts. I was 13 and felt the fire of vacation money burning a hole through my wallet. I walked by table after table, passing on souvenir t-shirts, fake designer sunglasses, some pretty nice back scratchers, and instead went right for the baby turtles. They were red-eared sliders, named for the bright red patch right behind their eyes, and tiny, about the size of a silver dollar. Even my mom thought they were cute. So, I bought one. I named my new turtle Oki, short for Okaloosa, which is the name of an island near where we stayed. Back then, I didn't know much about red-eared sliders. They aren't native to Minnesota. But a turtle's a turtle, right? That's what I thought, anyway. Over the next two and a half years, Oki kept growing. The bigger she got, the more she ate, which meant my small water filter had a hard time keeping up with the steady supply of turtle poop. Eventually, she was the size of a small bowl and got to be a bit too much to handle. Oki needed to go. So one day, in August of 2005, I took Oki to a local pond and set her free. As it turns out, I'm not the only one who's done this. Today on Points North, what happens when people release their pets and red-eared sliders take over the world? Well, almost. That's right after the break. Points North is brought to you in part by Cherry Republic, celebrating northern Michigan's tart cherries with products like jams, barbecue sauces, chocolate-covered cherries, and more. Online at cherryrepublic.com. And Aspire North Realtors, bringing real estate professionals together, supporting their involvement in the community, and advocating for the industry in a sustainable way. Online at AspireNorthRealtors.com. So there's access right here from the road. Makes it kind of easy for people to just get down to the water and do what they do. That's Sarah Stallman. She's at Presque Isle State Park in Erie, Pennsylvania. 
It's a 3,200-acre peninsula that curls into Lake Erie. And what people do here is dump their unwanted pets. Yeah, turtles, goldfish, things like that. Sarah works for Pennsylvania Sea Grant. She says people usually do it out of good intentions. That's because, like I did, most people think turtles are all pretty much the same. But that's not true. And what's happening at Presque Isle State Park is a good example why. So many pet red-eared sliders have been released at Presque Isle, there's now a breeding population, even though these turtles aren't native here. And if you visit in the summer, there's a good chance you're going to see them hanging out on a popular log. It's a perfect turtle log, and you can kayak around it, and you get close, and they all jump off at the same time, and it's hilarious. And then you start to paddle away, and they all just jump right back on, so you can go back and <laughs> do it again. As fun as that sounds, these red-eared sliders are a real problem. Like any pet turtle released into the wild, they can carry disease and bacteria. And they're notorious for out-competing native turtles. I always like to think of kind of the impact of invasive species as like a pie chart. And you have like this pie of resources. And it's only so big and it can only be sliced in so many ways. So anytime you add something in like that, especially something that's, you know, more aggressive, um, and feeds heavily and, and reproduces frequently, that pie just gets smaller and smaller. Red-eared sliders are native to the south-central U.S., but because they're popular pets and really adaptable, these turtles are now found on every continent except Antarctica. It's a problem that goes back decades. According to the United States Geological Survey, pet red-eared sliders have been getting released all across the country since the 1930s. And the pet turtle craze was especially high in the late 80s and early 90s when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoons were popular. Fun fact, those original turtle characters were based on red-eared sliders. Here on Presque Isle, Pennsylvania Sea Grant attempted to get a handle on the population. From 2018 to 2021, dozens of red-eared sliders were trapped and euthanized. But it became pretty clear there were more of these turtles than what was anticipated. And trying to find and catch all of them just wasn't going to happen. That's when Pennsylvania Sea Grant switched focus from eradication to prevention. They now partner with various organizations to host pet take-back events. Basically, don't let your pet red-eared slider go. Turn it in instead. Hi, Keith. Hi. I'll be right with you. Give me two minutes. You're good. Just outside Cleveland, Ohio, Keith Gisser runs Herps Alive. It's a nonprofit that rehabilitates and houses unwanted reptiles, with the goal of getting most of them adopted. Inside, there are rows and rows of aquariums and plastic tubs filled with all sorts of reptiles but mostly red-eared sliders, a whopping 200 of them. But just to give you an idea on our turtles. Keith takes me to a back room. All of this, we've got um, 13 tubs right now, each of them filled with turtles. Literally, turtles upon turtles upon turtles, many of them the size of dinner plates. And Keith can't get rid of them nearly as fast as he takes them in. One of the problems that we have is our turtles are somewhat more I don't want to say crowded, but we, we don't 
keep them at the volume of recommended water per turtle. We have no choice. So we're about 50% over the recommended, uh, what they recommend, okay? Much like me, Keith fell for reptiles early on. When he was 14, he says he used all of his paper route money to buy lizards at a local pet shop. Agamids from Asia and skinks from Africa. And um, By the time I was 15, I saved up enough to buy a baby alligator. When he was 17, he got paid to do a presentation on reptiles. And from there, Keith became the guy you brought your unwanted reptile to. I like to joke, you used to become, you know, the Mad Libs, where you fill in the blank. You know, we saw you at fill in the blank. We have a fill in the blank we can't keep anymore because fill in the blank. And I would always take those animals in. Since he founded Herps Alive in 2013, Keith's taken in about a thousand red-eared sliders. And in hindsight, perhaps when we started, maybe I shouldn't have. But, you know, we set up for this. We just do the best we can. The, the, the issue becomes, if we don't take them, people are going to release them. It's just, it's fascinating that, you know, like, you're taking them in, and that's, like, uh, a good alternative. But then when, when you think of, like, you can only get rid of or adopt so many out, does it ever feel a little, a little hopeless, like you're fighting a losing battle? Ever. Only when I'm awake. Um, we get, it's overwhelming. It really is. All this reminds me of the days I kept turtles. The aquariums, the hum of the water filters, the smell of turtle food. I'm not sure what happened to my own red-eared slider, Oki, once I let her go. But it's clear to me, I was part of the problem Keith Gisser and Sarah Stallman are now trying to manage. So Sarah, I have a, I have a confession. Um, I grew up in Minnesota, got into turtles when I was a kid. Um, but my family would go to I tell her the whole story about the flea market and Oki getting big. And sort of became time to move on. And I just took him to my neighborhood pond and let him go. What do you think? Uh, yeah, so that hits close to home. I guess I would maybe turn it back on you to say, you know, did you think you were doing the right thing there? Because I, I really think that that's it. I don't feel like people are being malicious or they're out to destroy the environment. I think they truly feel that what they're doing is beneficial for the animal and that there's not going to be any ramifications of that. Yeah, didn't have the foresight to really think through the problem <laughs> or, or the potential problem there. Now, I have a kid of my own, and I hope he's a fan of turtles, just like I am. If we're ever on vacation and he comes across an adorable red-eared slider, I'm not going to say no, just as long as he's ready to take care of a dinner plate for the next 40 years. That story was written and produced by me, Dan Wanshura. Morgan Springer was my editor. Additional editing from Ellie Katz, Peter Payette, and Ed Ronco. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Michelle Stromy, Marie Stromy, Megan Wanshura, and Mark Letheby at the Tom Ridge Environmental Center in Erie, Pennsylvania. Hey, if you like what you hear on Points North, give us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps more people find the show. And if you want to see some pictures of Dan Wanshura with some turtles, you better follow us on Instagram. We're at Points North Podcast. All right, that's it for this week. Points North is a production of Interlochen Public Radio.